everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On The Mix. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today we're going to be discussing something that is extremely topical that has come out in the last couple of weeks. So Britney Spears, infamous pop icon of the 90s and 2000s, she has a memoir and she recently published it. And in her memoir, she documents a lot of stories that we just were not privy to. We had no idea about any of these situations and any of these stories in such great detail. And there is one situation that she speaks about very candidly that made its way across social media. So she was in a relationship uh, famously with NSYNC member Justin Timberlake. Uh, Justin Timberlake of such fame as Crimea River and Senorita and Sexy Back. But he was part of the boy band NSYNC who was rivaling the Backstreet Boys at the time in the 90s. They were together. They were a very hot commodity. And they weren't together for that long. But the thing about this is she claims something extremely horrific happened to her in that relationship and that he was sort of the causation for what ended up happening. So basically, I'll go into detail about it, but the skinny is that she got accidentally pregnant with his child and he did not want children, so he was adamant that she have an abortion. But I want to look at not only that, I want to look at their relationship as a whole and see what they were saying about each other, what went down, what really happened, and everything else in between. So without further ado, let's just jump on right into the story. So Britney Spears was born December 2nd, 1981 in Macomb, Mississippi, the second child of James, also known as Jamie Parnell Spears and Lynn Irene Bridges. So Britney Spears has a younger sister named Jamie Lynn Spears, who is most known for being on the Nickelodeon preteen show Zoe 101. Britney was baptized as a Southern Baptist and sang in a church choir as a child. So she was born in the very Southern Bible Belt of the country. Britney has often stated that Madonna, Janet Jackson, and Whitney Houston are her major influences. She would, quote, sing along to Day and Night in her living room, all of those singers. And she also named Mariah Carey as one of the main reasons that she started singing in the first place. So Justin Timberlake, he was born on January 31st, 1981 in Memphis, Tennessee. He was the son of Janet Lynn Harless and Charles Randall Timberlake a Baptist church choir director. So they have extremely similar backgrounds in not only growing up in the South, but growing up in the Southern Baptist church and singing in their choirs. So they were both, I think, destined from their young ages here to be famous. And they stood out amongst all the other children in the church choir as the best of the best. His grandfather introduced Justin to music from country music artists like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. And performing as a child, Justin sang country and gospel music predominantly. So they both have this kind of like Western country, Southern charm upbringing, and then they make it on to the big screen. So there was this TV show that happened back in the 90s called the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where essentially a lot of actors and actresses and musicians that we know of today actually got their start appearing on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. 
Such people like Brittany and Justin, they met on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in 1992, but other people that were on this show as well with them, Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, Carrie Russell, JC Chavez, who was also a member of NSYNC, Justin met JC in the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse gang here. Anyone that wanted to be like an actor or a musician or performing in the arts, they would kind of get their start as young children in the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Justin told GQ magazine in 2006 that, quote, I was in love with her from the start. I was infatuated with her from the moment I saw her. After the show was canceled in 1994, Brittany returned to Mississippi and enrolled at McCombs Park Lane Academy. Although she made friends with most of her classmates, she compared the school to the opening scene in Clueless with all the clicks. She said, I was so bored. I was the point guard on the basketball team. I had my boyfriend and I went to homecoming in Christmas formal, but I wanted more. She then eventually came back to New York City to pursue her singing career. In June of 1997, she somehow managed to speak with boy band manager and very famous scam artist, Lou Pearlman. This guy has the longest rap sheet of any person in the music industry that I've ever seen. He has his fingers in all the pies. The Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and with Britney Spears. I mean, this guy, he is a terrible person. He is on par with Alan Klein. How horrible that guy is, but probably even worse than Alan Klein. So I might have to do a whole episode on scam artist Lou Pearlman because he was a music manager for those like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Um, All of that was contrived. It wasn't like a genuine, like, battle of the boy bands. It really, truly was a contrived thing that they made up of, obviously. I think think when you were young, maybe you didn't know that. But now as adults, like, yeah, of course. Like, it was all contrived. It was all put together on purpose, obviously, uh, to, you know, create hype and to sell records and all of that. She ended up talking with Lou Pearlman because she wanted to join the female pop group called Innocence. I had never heard of this band, but he was managing this band and she wanted to be in this female pop group. That didn't end up happening. After she got in touch with an entertainment lawyer, she created a professional demo tape. She acquired a unused Tony Braxton song from this entertainment lawyer and she rehearsed for a week and recorded her vocals in a studio. She then traveled to New York with this demo tape, and she met with four major record labels. But most of them rejected her, saying that audiences wanted pop bands, not Madonna or the next Whitney Houston. You know, they wanted something that they could sell, like the Spice Girls. That was the big thing in the late 90s was all these random pop groups. But if you think about it, a lot of them faltered and maybe had one hit. So if you were lucky, like the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or the Spice Girls, then you're lucky. But a lot of them just weren't actually that popular. But that's what they thought the young market in the teen market wanted. They didn't want like a solo act, which is interesting because there were plenty of solo acts back in the 90s too that had a very young audience and they did very well for themselves. But, you know, these record labels were very specific and very stingent on, we just want acts. We don't want a solo artist. So that's why Britney was rejected from most of these labels. Britney was eventually signed though with Jive Records and they assigned her to work with producer Eric Foster White for a month. And this is where he reportedly shaped her voice 
from her lower and less poppy register to her distinctly unmistakable Britney voice. So that's also a really interesting thing to note is that Britney didn't always have this really high-pitched soprano type of like really poppy type of voice. She actually has always had quite a somewhat lower register than that, not like an alto, really. I think probably now she does. But when she was young, she had at least a lower register than what she was famous for. So music producer Eric Foster White, he kind of helped her to kind of form her identity. Because like, you know, Mariah Carey had her identity and Christina Aguilera had her identity. And so they wanted Britney to have her own identity to kind of like set her apart from all the others. And you can clearly tell when it's a Britney Spears song because she has that certain way of inflecting on a word or singing a note or her delivery is just very unmistakably Britney Spears. And so this is where she shapes her voice. She then got to work on her debut album, And she flew to Sweden to record half of the record in 1998, and then she flew back to America and finished the record there. So now that she was back in America and she was recording her debut album and she had finished her album, she was going on tour to try and promote her music as best as she could. She was accompanied on tour by two backup dancers, and her first concert tour followed as an opening act for NSYNC, actually. So... Yet again, fate is bringing her and Justin Timberlake together. Her debut album, Baby One More Time, was released on January 12, 1999. It debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 and was certified two times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America after only a month. Crazy. Worldwide, the album topped the charts in 15 countries and sold over 10 million copies in a year. It became the biggest selling album ever by a teenage artist. So that was Britney's rise to fame since the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But what about Justin? What happened with Justin? Well, Justin, like I said, met future NSYNC member JC Chavez on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And then once the show ended in 1994, he asked JC if he wanted to be a part of a band put together by Chris Kirkpatrick and financed by Lou Pearlman. So there we go. Lou Pearlman is in the picture yet again. And so NSYNC formed in 1995, and they began their career in 1996. In 1998, NSYNC rose to prominence in the U.S. with the release of their self-titled debut album, which sold 11 million copies and included the single Tearing Up My Heart. Their second album, No Strings Attached, which released in the year 2000, sold 2.4 million copies in the first week alone and included a number one single, It's Gonna Be Me, or as most people like to say, It's Gonna Be May, because that's how he sings the song. And when May comes along, everyone likes to put that meme up, It's Gonna Be May. In 1999, Britney and Justin were officially a couple when they were both 18 years old. So after a long time in the 90s of courting each other, flirting with each other, being a part of each other's rise in their careers, they then finally settled down as a couple. What I actually thought was really interesting was because they were both young artists, they were attending classes, high school classes, via distance learning. So essentially, they would do it on the computer. And they graduated from school via distance learning from the University of Nebraska High School. So ever since they got together in 1999, like I said, they were a really hot commodity in the entertainment industry. I think a lot of girls that liked both artists, NSYNC 
and Britney Spears were really happy that the two of them got together. It's like worlds collided. It was like one of the biggest couples coupling of the time that I could really think of. I mean, this is this is pretty big here. Again, they didn't last for that long. Their relationship really solidified itself in not only music history, but in fashion history. Everybody remembers the very famous denim outfit that the two of them wore to the 2001 American Music Awards. She was wearing like a dress, a full patchwork denim dress. And he wore like a denim bucket hat, I think. And then like a jacket and, and the pants. I, and then like a, a vest top or something. So odd. But it was so iconic at the same time. They did charity events together. They performed live on stage together. They were happy together. She was infatuated with JT. She really, really, really loved him. She could clearly see a future with him. She said, with him, it's still the same as I felt two years ago, but it's a deeper love now than when I was younger. Like, we've gone through so much together and we've known each other since we were 12 years old. We know each other inside and out. So that's what she thought about him in 2001. And, you know, like I said, they attended several red carpets together, charity work in the works. They performed at the Super Bowl halftime show with Aerosmith, Nellie, and Mary J. Blige and in sync in 2001 as well. They were just here, there, and everywhere. They were the it couple of the time. Everyone wanted to be JT because he was dating Britney and everyone wanted to be Britney because she was dating Justin. And it's like, like I said, these two worlds of the pop music sphere collide. If you're looking at it from a marketing standpoint, if you're their producer or if you're their manager, I can only imagine how great the PR must have been for this couple. Um, so I think from all standpoints, it was a genuine relationship but I think, like, from all standpoints, this was very heavily accepted and loved by everybody. But then this switch happened. Britney was on the soundstage for a music video that she was doing for her song called Overprotected, the Dark Child remix. She all of a sudden got this text message from her beau Justin saying that it was over. There was no explanation, no nothing. It was over. And she was devastated. Director of the video, Chris Applebaum, has recalled finding Britney in her trailer, still in her juicy couture sweatsuit, looking visibly upset. And he asked her what was wrong, and she said it was Justin. He said it was over. And Chris gave her the option to stop the video shoot or to go out on the soundstage and show Justin that he lost, quote, the best thing that he ever had, end quote. She shredded her stuff out there on that soundstage and she did the amazing dance moves that she's known for and she really put it out there and it's honestly, it's not only a great song, but it's a really good video. I'd highly suggest either listening to the song or watching the music video. It's, it's really good. And now that you have the background of he literally broke up with her just before she filmed that video, I think it's even more important or maybe special to kind of watch that video and see how she comes to life and she tries to outshine the situation. So the two of them didn't immediately publicize their breakup. Britney was the first, though, to break the news during an appearance on the UK's Big Breakfast TV show in March of 2002. And on that program, she said that she was single. So that kind of 
created shockwaves. So because it was her that broke the news that she was single, Justin heard this and he then began to form his narrative of what happened. He sat down with Barbara Walters in a November 2002 interview, and this is where he said, I remember when we decided we were going to go our separate ways. We sat down and I said to her, if there's ever a moment where you ever need me, you can rest assured that I will be there because I love you as a person and I will always love you. So that's a really interesting point there. He tried to make himself appear as the good guy by being like, listen, I love you. And if you ever need me, I'm here for you. Instead of the whole thing of he just texted her and said it's over. So it's it's a really weird juxtaposition of what happened versus, I think, the narrative he's trying to paint and like what the truth is. That's just the narrative that he wanted to provide. Brittany said that she recalled feeling, quote, clinically in shock and devastated, end quote, after the breakup. She said, I was comatose in Louisiana and he was happily running around Hollywood. So because neither of them provided context as to why they broke up, I think people started to look for a reason why. And for some reason, they actually turned to Britney and everyone was starting the rumor that she cheated on him, which is odd. I think most of the time when a couple breaks up like this and there's no solid reason as to why they break up, I would suspect most people speculate that the man must have cheated on the woman. But in this situation, it was the total role reversal. When asked about the cheating rumors, Justin said this. He said, we're not perfect. I don't judge anybody. It's just young love. It was a very intense relationship, that's for sure. So really odd. Like I say, like they don't really talk about what actually happened. And I would imagine for good reason because of what we know now due to Britney's book, which I will get to in a minute. But at this time, no one knows at all what happened. And this was when Justin was having his own solo career once he broke away from NSYNC and he was doing his solo album. I forget what it was called, but that's where he did Sexy Back, Senorita, and one of his most famous songs, Cry Me Your River. In the video for the song, he has a woman that looks like Britney, that it's implying that she did Justin wrong in the video, and he has no sympathy for her. And this is actually what Justin had to say about Crimea River, because it is directly about Britney Spears. He says, I've been scorned. I've been pissed off. I wrote Crimea River in two hours. I didn't plan on writing it. The feelings I had were so strong that I had to write it. And I translated my feelings into a form where people could listen and hopefully relate to it. People heard me and they understood it because we've all been there. So that's pretty horrible, you know, and then what ended up happening there was Britney heard that and then she created her own song called Every Time. And in that song, it's a very somber, very, very sad sounding song. I, I remember I heard that for the first time when I was really young and it really impacted me because it was very unlike anything Britney had ever done from my recollection at that time. It almost sounded kind of like a lullaby type situation with just the very minimal instrumentals and it was just her her voice, her really angelic voice coming through very loudly. The music video for the song is really poignant because it shows a troubling relationship with Britney and a man and he's like destructive and he doesn't appreciate Britney and they're having fights and then 
she slips into what could be almost like a sort of unconscious state. And in this unconscious state, she's in a hospital and she shows herself like dead on the table. Like in the video, she dies. And I remember reading, I believe that she wanted that to happen, but I think everyone in her team was asking her to not have her die in the video because I think they thought that'd be too gruesome or like, oh my God, Brittany wants to die. Oh, no way. We can't let people know that Brittany has possible suicidal depressive ideations. We can't let people know that she's human. You know, she wanted that in there because that's how she felt. And then in the video also, she really makes it a point to really hammer in this woman that gives birth to a baby. And it's like a happy thing. So I don't know if that was a whole notion of wherein there's death, there is new life. Or I think what really was going on there was it was a direct call to what happened to her in real life with her and Justin with the abortion, which I will get into in a minute because that's just so sad. So that video takes on a new meaning when you understand what actually happened to her behind the scenes. And so she was crying out for help and she did not slam Justin. She never slammed him, but he slammed her with Crimea River. And I think that's really, really important to note because why would he slam her so hard, but she's over here having a really hard time about things. And she's just having a song that says, you know, that she needs him, that she's, you know, upset. It's, it's really, it's really odd. But in 2003, Brittany broke down during her Diana Sawyer interview when she was asked about the split. Diana Sawyer does her thing where she grills everybody. And so she grilled Brittany and she said something really horrible. She said to Brittany, you did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? Basically pointing the finger at Brittany. And because of these cheating rumors that people thought that she cheated on him, it was all weighing on Brittany. She was so upset about it. I mean, that's where she famously broke down in that interview and she's crying. I mean, it's horrible. People treated Brittany and they still treat Brittany so horribly. But in this situation with the breakup, because of those stupid baseless rumors that she cheated on him, when actually, spoiler alert, it was the other way around. <laughs> spoiler. Wow. Shock of the century um, that she just couldn't take it anymore. So she went on to say that the most painful thing I've ever experienced was that breakup. We were together so long and I had this vision. You think you're going to spend the rest of your life together. Where I come from, the woman is the homemaker and that's how I was brought up. You cook for your kids, but now I realize I need my single time. You have to do your own thing. So basically to say they never spoke after that time. So her and Justin, they went on their separate ways. In January of 2004, Brittany married her childhood friend, Jason Alexander, at the Little White Wedding Chapel in Las Vegas. The marriage was annulled in 55 hours following a petition to the court that said Brittany, quote, lacked understanding of her actions. According to this petition, it said, before entering into the marriage, the plaintiff and defendant did not know each other's likes and dislikes, each other's desires to have or not have children, and each other's desires as to state of residency. Upon learning of each other's desires, they are so incompatible that there was a want of understanding of each other's actions in entering into this marriage. Needless to say, when you randomly just decide to marry your childhood friend that you don't really know and haven't spoken to since childhood, you don't know really anything about this person now. Yeah, that seemed like a really bad idea. And in an interview with Access Hollywood following a couple of days after this annulment, 
Jason Alexander actually went on to say that it was just crazy and we were just looking at each other and said, let's do something wild crazy. Let's go get married just for the hell of it. So needless to say, that didn't last for her. But her most famous marriage happened in 2004 to dancer Kevin Federline when she got engaged to him. And there was so much controversy around even this relationship because Kevin had just recently broken up with actress Shar Jackson, who was pregnant with their second child at the time. So people didn't really have a great outlook on K-Fed at all, but she ended up having children with him. Uh, and then, of course, you know, that dissolved after some time. Their relationship actually was documented on a reality TV show called Britney and Kevin Chaotic which premiered on May 17th, 2005 on UPN. I never knew that they had their own reality TV show. However, this was the time in the 2000s where reality TV shows were really popular, like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey had one. Brittany and Kevin gotta have one, right? So Brittany regretted it, said it was the worst thing that she's done in her career, but they got married on October 6, 2004. Like I said, they had children, and then, of course, that whole thing was not good at all. She recently did get married again, but that also dissolved quickly as well. So Brittany is currently single as a Pringle, which I hope that she stays that way for a good long time because she needs some her time for sure after all that she's gone through. And Justin will go on to marry actress Jessica Beale in 2012, and they have a couple of children together, and they have been together ever since. We all know what happened with Britney Spears, where she had her very public breakdown in the mid-2000s, um, where people really were starting to laugh at her because of her crazy outbursts, and then she got into this conservatorship under her will, and she's been in this conservatorship for a really, really, really long time. In 2021, Justin showed his support for Britney after he spoke out about her conservatorship, basically saying that regardless of their past, and no matter how long ago it was, that whatever happening to her is not right, and that we should all give support to Britney. That's essentially the statement that he put out there. But, oh, Justin Timberlake, he really, really, really tried to, like, paint himself as the good wholesome guy that he is. Like, oh, my ex, I'm cool with my ex. Nothing bad happened with my ex. But I think Justin was terrified of Britney's memoir because it was said that he didn't think that she would go this deep about their relationship. Well, I think we're all familiar with the controversy as well that happened with Justin Timberlake at the Super Bowl where he was performing with Janet Jackson. I remember watching this live on television back in the day and I was shocked when, when I saw that he ripped her top and her breast got exposed on national TV. I mean, horrible. I don't even know if that was on purpose what he did. Like, she clearly was shocked about it. I, I've got no idea in terms of if that was planned by him or not. This is what Justin said. I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson both individually because I care for and respect these women and I know I failed. 
I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better, and most importantly, because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be part of and grow from. I know this apology is a first step and doesn't absolve the past. I want to take accountability for my own missteps in all of this as well, as be part of a world that uplifts and supports. I care deeply about the well-being of the people I love and have loved. I can do better and I will do better. So that statement came out in 2021. And so, you know, I think everyone thought, okay, whatever, that's, that's a fine apology. But now, as of last month, bombshell moment where Brittany cited in her memoir, The Woman and Me, which I would highly recommend that you guys check out and read. Justin cheated on Brittany in their relationship with another celebrity. Brittany doesn't reveal who the woman is because this woman in question now is married with children and Brittany doesn't want to embarrass her. And I feel like that's really respectful of her because she could have easily slammed this woman and ruined this woman's reputation, which, you know, do you blame the woman that Justin cheated on Brittany with as well? I mean, sure. Yeah. Yes. To some extent, yes. But Justin, I think, deserves the most of the criticism for that wholeheartedly. It's a no-brainer, really. You just don't cheat. And this is where, in her book, she also stated the whole thing where she got accidentally pregnant with Justin's baby, and she was surprised, but she was actually thrilled about it. And she says this, It was a surprise, but for me, it wasn't a tragedy. I love Justin so much. I always expected us to have a family together one day. This would just be much earlier than I'd anticipated. But Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. And to be fair, I can I can understand that. Yeah, like, you know, that is too young to have a baby for sure. But, you know, I mean, if Brittany was ready to have a baby and that's what she wanted, then, you know, you can't fault the girl for wanting to have a baby you know, especially with a man that she loved. But yeah, they were both, you know, kids at heart. Like I said, they were both really young. Justin wasn't ready. And so I I don't have fault with him for the fact that he wasn't ready. A lot of people have babies in this country when they're not ready to have children. And so that really messes up their their child that they bring into this world that they weren't even prepared or ready for. She said that her and Justin decided that she was going to have an abortion, but she said that if it was solely up to her own decision, she never would have gone through with the abortion. She mostly did it because Justin was very adamant that he did not want this baby. Brittany said, Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. I'm sure people will hate me for this, but I agreed to not have the baby. I don't know if that was the right decision. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. I feel horrible for Brittany in that instance. Like she clearly, I think, was surprised just as well that she got accidentally pregnant. But I think, you know, she she really wanted that family dynamic with Justin. And Justin was extremely adamant. I get it. He was focused on his career. He was young in his career. He was just starting up in his solo career. Like having a child would really abstain you from having all of those career decisions that you wouldn't be able to then make. He'd have to be a father first and then a singer second. And for Brittany, I think that was fine for her because I think while she did want to be a singer, she didn't want to be famous. And I think that was the distinction. 
Where I think for Justin, he wanted both, I would say. But for Britney, she didn't want to be famous. And so for her, she was okay with the notion of her career taking a step back while she became a mother. So she was fine with that. But ever since that whole abortion instance, you know, Brittany was trying to just lead her life in her own way. And so she would actively try to rebel as much as she could, which is why we saw her acting out the way that she did in the mid 2000s with her breakdown, Um, you know, because she was just trying to figure out who the hell she was break away from these people that were yes-menning her and trying to corral her into a career and career choices that she did not want. I feel, I feel horrible for her and Justin Timberlake has made no comment about any of this. He actually went to Mexico with Jessica Biel and their children amid all of this coming out in her memoir, even though one magazine publication said, according to an insider, it wasn't because of Britney's book, which is bullshit. What is Justin to do? Justin is probably going to write some kind of apology yet again. If he was smart, he probably would say something. But if he was stupid, he'd probably not say anything. You just need to apologize, essentially. That's, I think, all people are asking for is for him to take accountability for his part in the relationship and also the cheating rumors that went on there and, you know, disrespecting Britney in so many avenues. And I just feel so bad for her. Like, she really got shafted so bad by everybody in her life, really. I mean, her own family as well. Her sister, Jamie Lynn horrible person, her parents, horrible people. I mean, she really doesn't have a lot of strong, supportive people in her corner. I just feel really awful for her. One day, I'm going to have to do a breakdown of her conservatorship and of her public breakdown in general, but that's just going to take some time for me to research because a lot is really nuanced in that situation. So that's going to take me some time to research. But for what this episode was today about her relationship with Justin Timberlake, that is, in a nutshell, the story of her and JT and what happened and the drama that ensued after. I hope that you guys enjoyed and that you learned something new today that you hadn't known about before. If you are unfamiliar, I have an Instagram for the podcast. All of the information will be linked down below if you'd like to follow me for updates. Also, if you'd like to monetarily support the podcast, there's a link down below in the description that you can check out. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you guys next Wednesday for another episode of On The Mix. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.